what we're trying to do is create like an old style European pub, you know, where people come and uh, they actually socialize and get to know each other and find the good stuff. And that was Henry from Czar Brewery on this week's episode of Breweries. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brew Roots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me, as always, is Matt and Erica. Yeah, we're here this week for an we're episode. We're here every week. Yeah, we are here every <laughs> week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we just had an awesome interview. We can't tell you much about it because... Nope, it's a secret. It's a secret. Right, Ryan? Yes, top secret. Um, But Ryan fucking broed out for us this he really week. did he went hard and got us all the beers from them all the beers yeah it was quite a few and i went it all the was. way to plum island for it i love plum island yeah i've, I've never, never really had island. to go to plum island for beer except for this time but hey now i know that there's this little hole in the wall liquor store what's it called uh it is the cottage uh island market yeah so check them out because they have a great selection of they do. certain beers. Yeah, yeah, no, it was cool. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you look at all the beers that they have, you can probably just go eeny, meeny, miny, mo, maybe guess. And guess who we interviewed. Who we interviewed. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I doubt it, but sure. Could try it. Uh, we had an awesome episode last week with yeah. Uh, Throwback. Yeah. I love their brewery. As you couldn't tell, I was basically like, oh, I love you guys so much. Seriously. Um, but seriously, thank you, everyone who listened, who shared the episode. Um, we love all the people who are at New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire really does, uh, you know, really great things for their breweries. You know, people are very loyal uh, to their local brewery, and that's that's great to see. Um, and it's great to support your local brewery. So continue to do that, especially during these times when uh, things are getting a little bit better, and you might be choosing to you know go for a hike or something like that, and, and maybe not go into the brewery. So make sure maybe after that hike or after that bike ride. Yeah, which kind of leads you into the next brewery that we're releasing this weekend, yeah. Friday, um, which is also from New Hampshire. Yeah, in Exeter, New Hampshire, which is a very underrated location, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I've been there before, but going there recently again, like, they have a great little downtown area. Yeah, it's it's very akin to, you know, like a downtown Salem, downtown Newburyport, yeah. um, you know, all brick buildings, um, great restaurants, and uh, the brewery here, uh, you've, we've been teasing it all week. If you saw the hot dog that Ryan <laughs> ate. They which, have freaking amazing hot dogs. I was that, that was a mac and cheese yeah. hot dog. I was way. so shocked that more people didn't call you out for having uh, ketchup on your hot dog. Because, like, I am like, fuck ketchup on a hot dog. Wow. Do you like ketchup on the hot dog? Well, I do, actually. I don't mind it. I mean, mustard's and that's how ideal. It, that's how it came. It, it actually had no, no, I know ketchup, that's how it mustard, came. Yeah. and mac and cheese. I got the yeah. Reuben hot dog, which Delish. was delicious. Which one did you get? I just got like the regular, just the original just oh, hot gee. dog. Um, they gave me relishing ketchup and mustard to go with yeah. if I wanted, and it was so good. I didn't eat I think it was like all from like Angus beef or something, you <sighs> said, was so right? Good. Like, it was... It was divine. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and like, the czar. As the you will czar. learn, he is the czar. Henry is the czar. <laughs> he is. He told us it's the best hot dog you'll ever eat, and I, I have to agree. That was probably the yeah. best hot dog I've ever Yeah, eaten. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the beer was phenomenal. Yeah, awesome. another great beer. He um, really focuses on the English styles. Which I like. Yeah, which was, um, you know, I don't get them very often around here, so yeah. it was really cool, and he does them well. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Which kind of transitioned. Ryan gave me a sip of, uh, in, a, in, a, in a separate... Um, that was Medusa's ESB. Yes. ESB. It was Medusa's of, like, Limited a, Series 1939 ESB English Style Pale Ale. Slaps in the words of Ryan. Freaking delish. It yeah. does, yes. It was definitely worth a trip out there just for this. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, in, you know what? I, I've i been skating recently, like uh, inline, um, not inline, uh, roller skating. skating. Right. If you say that I was inline skating, uh, the People fruit booters. Fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a, uh, a roller rink out there in Hudson, and I need to go out there just to go to Medusa, Amari's <laughs> team, and, and, and uh, Skateland. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, this weekend, I drank um, a cider. You know, it was so beautiful out this weekend, right? And... Uh, I was looking at at uh, ciders because that's all. Um, well, that's what your girlfriend drinks, right? That's right. So, uh, so Storm Along Cider, they're in Connecticut, and uh, it's Wallington, Connecticut. They're Blue Hills Orchard. Um, it was awesome. It was yeah. really like a, a semi semi dry yeah. um, cider, and uh, I'm super like into dry ciders. So getting a semi dry cider uh, was awesome for me, and uh, I had two of them. 
uh, sat outside, no hangover whatsoever, and uh, just like really good, and uh, did the belly good. But outside of that, um, I've just been making my way through my beer fridge and just like uh, same, just drinking stuff. I had a Rockport um, brewing uh, their rye, their hatchet, or no, the rye one, uh, the rye ale. He has a new one coming up. I'm um, so excited. That artwork is beautiful with the whale on beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it again? Is it a pale? Is it another pale? You know, it's I, a I, white ale. White ale. Oh, white that's ale. Right. That's exactly. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're you. welcome. He's got the deets. Um, but other than that, um, I need to go back out to Fitchburg. Um, River Sticks? Or go to River Sticks, yeah. I just, um, I drank my last uh, double IPA from them. And for some reason, uh, the double IPA that they have is like, to me, uh, and this is just to me, you know, if, if you agree, that's cool. If you don't agree, whatever. Um, I think their uh, double IPAs are, are like kick-ass, great mouthfeel, good yeah. flavor. And um, doing great I really like there. what they're doing. Um, and other than that, I am on a search for uh, Notch's um, barrel-pitched... Uh, Pills, uh yeah which conveniently yeah. sold out as i was you know trying to place the order i'm pretty yeah. sure it sold out in like minutes yeah I'm i convinced. was on the website and i was trying so sure hard and and i think they're doing that through their subscription service which is cool i don't subscribe that's to the what they service. did first yeah you know, they might have a second batch um in bottles for like general public yep but um yeah if you're in their subscription yep. service you um you lucked out yeah so congrats and um <laughs> last week ryan and i went to sylvaticus Yes, we did. That was a lot of fun. I drank a boot. Matt had a boot. I did. I had a boot. Matt had a boot. We all had boots. It was awesome. It was awesome. I'm looking forward. Hopefully this weekend, Ryan, maybe we can make it out to have a boot. Probably. Another boot. I love it. Erica, you should join for the boot. Maybe maybe I'll have a boot this time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was just excited because like I've been working out and like earning my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag earn your beer. (laughs) Um and like I just been drinking a little bit more. I've been feeling really good and uh yeah, probably killing my workouts by <laughs> by drinking, okay. but whatever. Uh, Erica, what, what have you been drinking? Um, I've also was kind of going through my fridge. You know, I've really been focusing on um, making sure all of the older beer is on top, and then I yeah. drink that stat. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, actually, I have some beers. For, I'm actually I'm doing the um monthly subscription from craft beer seller and i get like as like a birthday gift or whatever so i'm getting like six beers a month from them and i went from who from craft beer seller oh get out yeah, really? yeah. that's no, awesome really cool. yeah, they yeah. have a really decent um beers that they send out usually it's like a really hyper local one and then it's just like one from massachusetts somewhere or one from new england and then they kind of branch out and give a couple from like the united states or the world and um I had one. I grabbed one from the the last box, and uh, I I didn't know really what it was. I just saw all the artwork, and I'm like, "This looks cool. It's probably an IPA or something." I tried to look for what kind of beer it was, couldn't figure it out, and I'm like, "Well, fuck it. I'm just gonna drink it." Poured it out. This is not an IPA. All right. Oh, well, no. we're just gonna try it. You know, I'm sure it's fine. It's cool. It's like a stout or something. It's fine. I take a drink, and I'm like, "Oh, that's boozy." Boozy. So I finally I dug it. I'm like, all right, let's actually figure out what this is. It's a 12% Russian <laughs> Imperial Stouts, and I haven't eaten dinner yet. This is gonna be a great night. Amazing. <laughs> Cheers. So, um, it was a decent night from there on out. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, just a few other random things. Um, a couple from Old Planners. Um, yeah, which you know what I I have to give a yeah. huge shout out to old planners. Uh, we need to get you on the podcast. Listen, I know you're listening. Uh, yeah, seriously, we've been trying. We've been trying. Let's do. This. And it's just schedule wise. We it's, we get you know, it. We just we get it. Passing chips, but you guys have been killing on social media. It's like oh, every it's... single beer that you guys put out. I'm like, I really want. Yeah. I really want. So, yeah. No, I love their beer too. They they're doing great stuff. They are. Um, no complaints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Song guy Ryan. Yes, so um, I have also been going through my beer fridge, wow, doing, uh, some us. Medusa uh, and some of the recently acquired uh, Widowmaker. Yeah, but Ryan, your beer fridge is like less than ten days old. Our beer fridge is like thirty days. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Because well, I, I kind of you know that was kind of like a good thing when I got the smaller fridge because it forces me to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Does and it? I don't pile up all this stuff in the back of the fridge and then you give it to the person that you know will slash think will drink it, a.k.a. Erica gives old beer to me. I used um, to do the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you did. Um, but anyway, other than that, um, I, I actually hit up some uh, uh, True North over the weekend, which was, uh, you know, I haven't been there in a while. 
Um, yeah, shout out to Randy. He looked great in that T-shirt that we gave. I know. Yes, one of the uh, Patreon subscribers. Yep. He he scored one of our shirts. Yep. Um, but I was able to get uh, their returning sunshine and kittens, which is the that flaked rice session IPA that they do. Meow. Um, yes, meow. Um, and then I got to try uh, the a Crafter's Delight, which was their IPL Indian Pale Lager. Uh, it was yeah. I saw them doing that. I was like, oh wow. Oh, it's delicious. Um, and then there was the the Lonesome Crowded West, um, and that was like an extra pale ale. Um, I believe it used like a I don't know Idaho Idaho Seven something Cairo. I don't know. Uh, but that was also really delicious. Um, it was kind of danky, which was cool. That is cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we have been steadily going through our Instagram, and um, we have been reaching out to breweries across the nation. Yeah, we're really... Well, we... I say Erica. <laughs> like, all <laughs> the you, praise Max. goes to Erica, like, because, <laughs> uh, honestly, like... The names that we are going to hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers yes, crossed, fingers crossed out there, um, that we're going to be nabbing in the next couple of months. Obviously, we want to stay local to Massachusetts. We want to we want to interview every Massachusetts brewery, and that's the yes, goal. Yes, that, that is the original goal and definitely the top goal. Yeah, but, but, you know, some of our listenership and some of our listeners have said, we love learning about different brewery scenes because people have been landlocked, right? You've been right. landlocked to Massachusetts. You've been stuck in your house. Um, and you're excited to go travel. So. And more breweries are shipping their beer out now. So you're That's able right. to get beer from these breweries that are across the United States. Yeah. And it'd be cool to learn about them. It would be. All I have to say is you nabbed one from Hawaii, which I think is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, I'm so Pretty excited. Um, yeah. And as many of our listeners probably already know, but if you don't, we are trying to get 50 different states which yeah, might get a brewery in each 50 in each of the 50 states yeah and yeah. it might turn to 51 based upon if we make washington, washington dc or, or puerto rico or whatever, whatever. Yeah. into another state um and you know what fuck yeah we'll get those too fuck yeah. yeah um if that happens but at this point we are focusing on 50 states um we're focusing on massachusetts first of course but we're focusing on states as well because it's just it's, it's so fun. much fun it is fun. Yeah. Uh, we've done a couple interviews with some of them, and and I can't wait to announce a lot of them with you. Seriously. Um, because I think uh, we were pleasantly surprised at the responses we got uh, back. Yeah, I was yeah, actually I was really like, surprised. Like, really oh, wow, surprised. everyone's getting back to me. This yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, I'm really surprised. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy yeah. shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, and all of that really could not be possible without our listeners, um, you know, who share our episodes and say, you know, we really dig what you're doing. Um, and it's humbling. It's it humbling, is. you know, when we are able to, you know, send someone a shirt, send someone stickers uh, and just, you know, remind you that, you know, COVID is slowly kind of going away and there's hope. You know, there's hope that you this summer you can go to your favorite brewery. Yeah. Uh, you can, you know, maybe travel outside the state, you know, um, assuming things continue to go the way you get vaccinated, so on and so forth. Um, but I really can't believe, you know, um, breweries that you know, saw the Brew Roots name and were like, fuck yeah, we want to do it. We know what you're doing. And that wouldn't happen without our listeners who share our episodes, who tell people, you know, check out Brew Roots and uh, do it. So keep on keeping on, guys. Yeah. You're killing it. Seriously. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm dropping a tear. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but seriously, it's, it, it is, it's very cool to see. And uh, we love doing it. And hopefully some of these 50 episodes that we try to do, um, we get to go out there and do it in person. That would be amazing. It would be awesome. Uh, I know the one that we just did prior to this recording, like, I would just want to hang out with I'm, that individual. I'm down. You know? Yeah, I'm ready yeah, to go like, out there um, right now. And, like, even, like, Triton Brewing in Indiana, we were like, fuck yeah, I just want to go to Triton. Yeah, uh, we're such great people in the industry, and that's partly why we love yeah, it so much. I love it. And I, we love learning about different brewery states and seeing, like, what the rules and regulations are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything more to say other than like, fuck yeah, thank you, Brewers listeners, for f supporting our dreams and making things happen for us. Uh, it's so humbling, and uh, continue doing that because uh, we want to continue getting those episodes. Definitely. You know, and if we have a couple extra bucks, consider um, supporting us through Patreon. Yeah, absolutely, because that will allow us to travel in the future and go to those breweries, and you know inform you guys of breweries out there that are kick-ass exactly um yeah 
but uh, I don't have anything more. Sound guy Ryan, do you have anything? Negative Ghost Rider. Yeah. I think it's time to uh, go on to the interview. Yeah, absolutely. So we have our homie Henry, the czar. The czar. We're going to set the scene for you, right? Beautiful Exeter, New Hampshire. We have the czar. Ryan has two hot dogs in his hand. He's recording, and he's like, Matt, talking to the fucking mic today. And I talked into the mic. And we got this really kick-ass episode. So take Boom. it away. Boom. Cheers. Cheers. All right. We are in, uh, is Exeter a city or is it a town considered? Uh, it's a town. It's a town. Yeah. It's one of my, yeah. Ooh, I like that word. It's a fancy word. If I say it, I'll fuck it up. Yeah. No, don't say it. <laughs> Municipality. Yeah. Uh, I love Exeter, New Hampshire. Uh, Great food scene. It's a very walkable town. Yeah, so it's we were quite talking a about that hidden gem, there. really. Yeah, no, yeah. There's a lot of great stuff here. Um, I'm a huge history buff, so there's history in this town. I love the Revolutionary War period of time. Uh, so, very cool area, and uh, it's, it's home of the brewery that we're at right now. Ooh, and where are we at? Some guy around. Where are we at? Czars. Okay, great. Great. Wow. <laughs> Ours Brewery. And that's I had guy to Ryan. really focus on pronouncing the, the uh, it, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome everyone, I guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Henry, for doing this today. Uh, we appreciate you. you taking some time out of your day. Uh, we, uh, we like to start our podcast by asking our guests uh, their role at the brewery um, and their first memory of beer. Sure, sure. So... Um, Obviously, I'm Henry Vance. I am the uh, founder, owner, head dishwasher. Um, I'm obviously, I lead the brewing team. I do just about everything. Um, my first memory of beer, forgive me, my first memory of beer is, uh, craft beer, I should say, um, is um, Back probably in the late 80s, I uh, discovered Gertie McDuff's. I grew up in Portland, Maine, yeah. and uh, had for many years, um, way before I should have been allowed to, uh, crawling around the, crawled around the old port and uh, hit all the bars in the bar scene. And uh, back in the late 80s, I want to say it was like around 88, um, Gritty's opened on 4th Street in Portland. Uh, I discovered them, and... Uh, had my first pint of, um, I believe they called it at the time, uh, McDuff's Bitter. And um, that sort of changed my perspective on beer completely. I had, my, my taste had changed long before that. I had gotten into imported beers and sort of away from macro-American beers. But um, having a beer that was brewed in the basement and... Uh, that was super fresh, and you could actually sit down and talk to the brewers, which, oddly enough, was uh, one of the brewers. One of the principals grew up a few blocks away from me um, in Portland. So that sort of hooked me and uh, started me down this road. Yeah. Uh, what was the original plan for you? Um, were you always interested in opening a brewery, or what did you do before Life at Tsar? No, actually, uh, it, it, it had crossed my mind like... I shouldn't say cross my mind. I, I had actually delved into doing it um, like maybe 20 years ago, actually. I had written a business plan to do it on Commonwealth Ave in Boston. So I had never, I have just gotten more and more into craft beer after sort of discovering it and then discovering uh, the Commonwealth Brewing Company in Boston and other brew pubs in the Northeast. And I sort of got deeper and deeper into it and... Uh, was going to open a, my plan was to open a brew pub on Commonwealth Ave, not far from where the beer works is uh, still today on Brighton Street. And um, just the way life works out, the person who was my partner ended up um, getting a divorce and that sort of messed that up. And I continued. So to answer your question, I, I was in the food business uh, my whole life. My parents owned a small grocery store when I was a kid. Uh, I left Portland, bound to determine I was going to become a lawyer. I was going to work for like Greenpeace and people like that. And um, sure enough, I ended up back in the food business. And uh, <laughs> as it, it happens, always goes, right? Right? Yep. destiny, <laughs> destiny. Yeah. Not a, not really an unusual story. Uh, until a few years ago, I was uh, the my official title was I was the director of 
of Fresh Perishable, excuse me, I was the director of Fresh Procurement in Merchandising at Associated Grocers of New England. Oh, that sounds, sounds fancy. very official, yes. doesn't it? That sounds like a big name on a business card. <laughs> yeah. So I did that, and um, it was very interesting. It was incredible. It's Running a buying department is an incredibly challenging thing, and when you have multiple departments, sort of answer to you, it's crazy. But I loved it, and um, anyway, I sort of had a, one of those weird life events that wakes you up, and it happened right here. So I live a couple of towns away from here, and I had uh, I've, all my life I've done this silly stuff where you gain a lot of weight, and then I go, hey, I'm gaining a lot of weight, got to lose a lot of weight, you know, and I, and I do that. I go through those phases, and. Uh, a few years ago, that happened to me again, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting kind of older one day. I, I better lose some of this weight. So I get into it, and I'm exercising and stuff, and I started losing weight. And I did a really good job. and went from like 250 down to 180. But apparently, that's not particularly healthy for you. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at one point, um, I started feeling pretty lousy. And um, Anyway, there's a long, long story. But there was a, sort of these events that led me into the ER over here in Exeter Hospital and uh, they told me I, I had had a concussion and that I needed to take a couple of weeks and do some brain rest and stuff like that so I um, didn't go to work and did that and then uh, actually happened just before the dead were going to play Fenway and some of my friends are old deadheads um, I obviously am too and we were going to go and uh, I had been feeling crappy so the, I stayed home and did my thing did exactly what the doctor said and then the weekend before the show at Fenway I went down to see some of my friends to see like a cover band to see if I could see if I started to feel better and uh, it didn't take too long for me to just bolt and drive home <laughs> because I was feeling pretty lousy and the next morning I woke up and basically said to my wife you know I I think it's time for me to go to the ER. I, I don't feel very well. And we made it um, to, well, she was driving, and I was in the passenger seat apparently acting like I was like Linda Blair from The Exorcist or something. And we <laughs> 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 got to uh, got down the exit, and um, I was doing crazy stuff. And she called 911 and said, you know, basically, I, I think my husband's dying pretty much. And... Um, they said, stop where you are, which she did. They sent an ambulance to us. I had flatlined by then. Oh, jeez. Um, so anyway, they got me They got me into the, the ambulance. They treated me very quickly. They figured out that I had this condition called uh, hyponatremia, which is when the salt level in your body goes way too low. And if it gets really, really low, it can be fatal. So oh. um, anyway, they brought me back. I was in like this crazy coma thing. And then uh, they slowly put me on this slow saline drip to bring my salt level up. And then eventually transferred me to Portsmouth because they have a better neurological department and making a short story very long, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, I uh, recovered and um, they put me through a bunch of tests to make sure I didn't have any brain damage because you can have brain edema when that happens, which is when your brain stem swells. And um, all of my brothers to this day swear that they got it wrong. Um, they said that I didn't <laughs> have any brain damage and uh, eventually I went back to work and at that point, uh, pretty quickly, I figured out it's time for me to do what I want to do, which had always been pretty much work as a brewer. Um, and my wife was started pushing me to get a job as a brewer. And I started looking at that. And then the more I looked at it, the more I thought maybe I wanted my own place. And uh, that led me to um, back to my old business plan. And then uh, to start talking to people like Peter Eagleson, at the, Portsmouth, the founder of the Portsmouth Brewery, and Money Knows, and um, Annette and Nicole at Throwback, and people like Dane Nelson at Liar's Bench. They were all incredibly helpful to me and, and were patient and answered my questions. And um, so I went down a path, and here I am. That's awesome. Wonderful. I, I, pod, <laughs> podcast over. That was yeah, uh, that right. oh my perfect. God. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Now that's what we're here. So sometimes when I start talking, it just, just keeps stop. Going. I know. It's all good. Um, so this is kind of, you know, you're, you're, you know, you got to live life while you can. Right. Yeah. 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 That's definitely what this is. And, and you, there's really a quality of life thing. You know, you have For to sure. you, you not just live life. You have to be happy doing it. And, um, most yeah. people move to like Florida. You decided to <laughs> you said open just a to scrub, to scrub kegs. A big man yeah, kegs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, why, uh, why a brewery? I mean, I know that the business plan and all that stuff, but a brewery is hard work. 
Yeah, it's really hard work. And um, like I said, I fell for craft beer many years ago. Uh, I have an old friend who uh, is a New Hampshire guy, um, Dickie Dorr, who um, was one of the founders of Left Hand Brewing out in Longmont, Colorado. And like I said, I grew up not far from Ed Stevens. So I had some people that I knew that had done it. I sort of fell in love with it. And um, I started as a home brewer with a little kettle, you know, a little pot yep. on my stove and outgrew that. And I did, the, you know, this, it's sort of the classic cliche. I went to the turkey fryer and then, <laughs> then the larger equipment. And um, at, the, at the end, in our breezeway, I had one barrel tanks in our breezeway setup nice. <laughs> yeah, with, <laughs> with fermenters, with temp- temperature control and all that stuff. So I was really sort of, so you have a really cool me. wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. She is like, so, so yeah. she's a saint. Yeah, she's yeah. referred to as St. Christine by my friends. Uh, my brothers say that I drug her, which, you know, <laughs> they're, they're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, just, she's a saint and I was basically uh, operating a nano in my house. I wasn't selling anything, but, um, what I was doing was I was making beer and I would, uh, it was great feedback. It was a terrific pilot testing ground for me. I was making beer and I would hand it to everybody that I knew and say, here, here's beer. Here's, I just made the CSB. Tell me what you think. The only thing I ask is that you're very honest. Yeah. And, um, they were, and I have friends who were brewers who, uh, did a lot of brewing. So, um, you know, there was a back and forth and we would brew together as a group and, uh, yeah, it just sort of grew. It became uh, what, at first it was an interest and a hobby, and then it sort of became a passion. Yeah. For sure. So for yeah. how long have you been uh, homebrewing for? Uh, I think I, I've been homebrewing, um, I think I started probably in the mid to late 90s. Oh, wow, um, so long time Yeah, so nice. I started a long time That's ago, awesome. and actually one of the beers on our board um, Old Brown Sally is the first beer that I ever brewed. Oh, nice! It, it, obviously, <laughs> obviously, better. I've, I've gotten a, few a lot better. Yes. <laughs> obviously, I've it's gotten exactly a lot better. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I've gotten a lot better since then, and the recipes have changed. But um, the first beer I ever brewed, I, I was at home, and it was a it was a different time period, right? We, we I had a cell phone, but you didn't have like all this information, right? On, right. You know? So I was um, trying to figure out a way to make something as close to uh, old brown dog at the time as I could and um, you know I was extract brewing and doing all this stuff that everybody starts at you know and um, that's where I started and and the the more I got into it the you know clearly the better I got and uh, the more forgiving um, my wife became with my mistakes and um, as I moved out of the kitchen did you ruin a stove but I did ruin a stove I did ruin a stove and uh, when I first uh, started I uh I had a one incident where we had some exploding bottles. Perfect. Yeah. yeah yes, so, yes. Well, you know, all those things that yeah. went wrong, you know, and it was, um, you know, it was figuring out the process. Right. And then uh, it was good because every time I made like a critical mistake like that, which are common amongst homebrewers, right? Because I'd be the first one to admit there'd be a group there of friends and, and we may or may not have been drinking and, <laughs> and you know, things go yes. wrong. <laughs> and uh, But it was good because every time something went wrong, that meant I had to get a an upgrade piece of equipment and move, you know, whether it was off the stove or out of the house or, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> right, right. um, she, she still swears that this was all a very long convoluted plan that, um, to land me here because, yes. <laughs> because once, I, once we built this place, our house became remarkably vacant right? so because all this stuff just started coming out of the Interesting. house. <laughs> Interesting. I always find it interesting. Ryan, Erica and myself are home brewers and, uh, we always, we, I've been told I have the best homebrew that anyone has ever made. Yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact that's not true. How do you solicit uh, honest feedback? Yeah, I, that was a key word. I heard honest feedback. Yeah, so that that's very keen. It's very difficult to do because if you're giving somebody free beer, they're 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 not you know liable to be critical of what you give them. So what you have to do is you have to you sort of have to filter that information as it comes back. You know who your friends are who are brewers, right? And you know who your friends are who are uh, more blunt than others who are going to be more honest. And then you sort of filter the information from the other people, you know. So you have to sort of combine all that and uh, figure out 
what is really going on, you know? And you have to also be very, one of the keys that I found at first, I was like, oh, I love this beer. I did a great job here. I love this beer. I did a great job. And then I kind of figured out that maybe of all the people I'm handing beer to, I should have the most critical eye of all, right? right? And, <laughs> and I should be honest and say, you know, maybe, uh, you know, do some comparisons, take my brown and put it up against, you know, whether it was Newcastle at the time or Sam Smith's or um, what Peter was doing, you know, compare it and, and be honest with yourself, you know, and uh, then figure out why. That's the key. It's always that curiosity is why. Why, why is it that I don't taste in mine what I taste in theirs and, yeah. and try to figure it out? Because at the time there wasn't, uh, unfortunately, there wasn't right? a whole lot of yeah. information. Yeah, Internet you really had to dig. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you had to really dig to find it and you had to ask questions. So I would go like, so this is a million years ago, right? I would, uh, I had a friend who went to graduate school in Boston. He lived on Boylston street. So I would go down on the train a lot when I lived in Newburyport and uh, get off the train and go and sit at the bar at the Commonwealth and wait for Todd Mott to walk by, right? And, and then start cornering him and start asking him questions, right? He's like, who's this psycho home brewer? Right, right. Questions? <laughs> you know, and I'd do the same thing. I'd go over to the beer works and there were certain beers that I liked, right, that they did. And uh, like they, Todd used to do this. I think it was Todd. I'm not remember. I don't remember if it was before he was there or not, but they used to do this strong old ale at Commonwealth, which was just, to me, at least, it fit my palate perfectly. It was off the charts good. And uh, the Beer Works did one called Hercules that I thought was off the charts good. So I used to go there and, you know, go there on the odd days and try to cross-examine the brewers, you know. Um, they, they, the bartenders loved it because there's some guy getting off the train in Newburyport who's just going to drink an immense amount of beer, right, waiting for someone to walk by, which, uh, you know... And, I guess you shouldn't even say that out loud these days, right? You just become a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we do have to get a word in from our amazing sponsors, but I am curious about the name. So we're going to get back to that. There. Take it away. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you, whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BRUTES for 10% off your online order today. Shirks on Tap is the box subscription service where you can get some of the dopest brewery t-shirts out there. I'm talking breweries from Dallas, San Diego, and even our home area of New England. And you might ask, how do I get my hands on some? To get your first box for $5, click the link below in our description, or head on over to our website, breweries.com. Remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. All right, so we're back. Sour Brewery. Why are you called Sar Brewery? Okay. So again, this is a long story, but I'll try to make it real <laughs> short. Um, so every year, uh, some of my old hippie friends and I go on a canoe trip. We go the weekend or the week after Labor Day. And uh, there's a place up in northern Maine. Actually, if you look at a map, we're Massachusetts, uh, not Massachusetts, um, Canada. My lack of sleep is getting me. Canada, yeah. <laughs> Maine, and New Hampshire all meet on a map. And just southeast of that, there's a mountain called Aziskahas. And beneath that mountain is called is a fairly large lake called Lake Aziskahas. And uh, every year we go on a canoe trip up there. And it's a fairly long way. And um, anyway, where I used to run the fresh business, I didn't get a lot of time off. You always had to be connected. So even when I went on vacation, like my wife and I would leave the country, I'd always have my phone, you know. And um, in northern New Hampshire, once you get through Errol, you lose service. And there's no... There's no no connection. You're off off the grid. (laughs) And so what would happen is... um, 
I was, you know, maybe a little too conscientious. I don't know. But I would not go up till like Thursday. The guys would go up earlier in the week. I would not go up to Thursday or Friday. So uh, what would they would do, um, one of one of them, uh, a couple of them actually are engineers, they would stash a walkie-talkie in some gear that was left on the launch oh. uh, point where the, <laughs> at a ranger station at the end of the, at the end of the lake. And when I'd get there, I'd find a walkie-talkie and I'd radio ahead and say, I'm here, come and get me. That would always lead to a negotiation, right? They're oh, not going to come and get me, rent a boat, <laughs> we're not coming to get you and stuff like that. So, but I always had beer. And I always had, you know, lots of beer Good and beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. eventually they'd come and get me. I usually, I usually used to, I used to brew a lot of mead too, which unfortunately nice. I can't do here, but I used to do a lot of mead. Anyway, they'd come and get me and, uh, generally roam me back across the lake. There'd be like this Amada that came after me and, um, <laughs> you know, they'd roam me back across the lake with beer and brownies and things like that. So every year when I'd go on vacation, I would, uh, earlier in the year, I would buy a hat or you know, some silly things to, for the canoe trip. And, um, it would either be a mad hatter hat or a magician hat or something like that. One year you can probably see behind me, there's a little uh, crown up there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So one year I showed up with that. So when I got there, I stripped off my shirt and tie and stuff and I put on my tie dye I put my crown on and I started unpacking my gear and the beer and stuff out of my vehicle, dragging it over to the launch point. So they showed up, they came and get me, they came to get me and, they loaded everything in, and I was kind of sitting up on the middle of one of the canoes as the uh, Omada started rolling, rolling back across the lake. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and they all have these GoPros, you know, because they're engineers and stuff, so they filmed everything. So anyway, um, one of them looks at me and says, you know, what do you think? You're some kind of king? And uh, <laughs> I, I responded. I said, well, you know that when I was in college, I studied to be a Sovietologist. I would never choose to be a king. I would choose to be a czar if that was my choice. <laughs> so from that day forward, they used to refer to me as he who self-identifies as a czar. Oh, jeez. So <laughs> when I got around to this, I, I wasn't, you know, try, I'm racking my brain trying to figure out what's the right name, you know. And I went down to see the guys, and they're like, we gave you the name like 10 years ago. What, what's wrong with you? And what are you talking about? <laughs> and they said, czar. And then, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, I went home, I dug out the crown, and I gave it to this graphic artist that I knew, and she produced that logo, and I was like, that's perfect. That's, yep. that's perfect. And uh, so, anyway, hence, czars was born. The rest is history. Uh, <laughs> the rest yes. is history, yeah, a long, long time ago, actually. So uh, it's funny how everything sort of built up to this, you know. Definitely. That's amazing. I, I always find it interesting when people are like, well, I'm looking for a brewery name. And it's sometimes the most, it's in the most the obvious, most obvious location, one that right? sits right yeah. in front of you. You're right. like, doy. <laughs> um, so when you opened, what was the vision for the brewery? Did you want to be brewing these English style um, beers that you're brewing? I mean, we're drinking, you know. Irish red, Irish red. You English mentioned ESB. Yeah. Um, brown ales. Um, if you go to any brewery around here, there's, <laughs> there's, there's not, not a lot of ESBs out there. There's yeah. not a lot of browns. And we love those styles. Yeah. I wish more breweries yeah. were them. But, uh, yeah, so there actually was. So I've, I've, the, these are the styles that I sort of fell in love with, right, when I started, when I started um, into the craft beer scene, you know, like um, bitters and browns and things like that, barley wines. Um, so yeah, there, it, it definitely was intentional. Well, one of the things I wanted to do was to make sure that, um, we brewed, we always on our tap list had great beers across styles. There are a lot of breweries that you go into that are focused on certain styles and that's terrific, but, um, you know, not everyone is into that particular style. Right. So, uh, what I wanted to do was to have, um, a very good variety across styles and uh, what I hope eventually will happen is that malt will come back because it seems like the last few years that, um, hops, hops, you know, hops, hops has taken hops. over the world. Right. And, yep. and uh, I'd like to bring malt or at least help to bring uh, malt back. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love uh, hops and, I'm a, you know, I like uh, I'm, I'm very I'm, I'm partial to a citrusy New England IPA For once sure. in a while. Um, but. You know, it's I hard think, not to be. I mean, yeah, they right. Are, they are they're good. Very, yeah, good. They are good. very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. We talk a lot of crap about them sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, they are good. I have we love are. them anyways, yeah. though. No, we no. do. Yeah, and I oh, love yeah. them too. But I really like to see uh, some of the older styles come back. Yeah. And I'd like to see malt on, on tap list, you know. So uh, that's what we're trying to do. And what we try to do is have a variety of styles. Right now on Sunday, we did a Belgian triple 
which oh, get out. Awesome. Our, yeah, which is in our tank. I'm pretty proud of that one already. Yeah. And um, so our goal is to, you know, bring back things that are, are, are out there, but they may not necessarily be on uh, brew pub tap list or right. nano tap list, oh, yeah. you know. So um, we want to do that. And one of the things that we're most proud of is that we have a lot of local brewers, um, that choose this location to come and hang out and drink, you know, so that that's sort of the old. Well, that's the second ultimate pat on the back. <laughs> the first ultimate pat on the back is we have a few people who were non beer drinkers, who were, who were wine drinkers, who came with their significant others here and um, you converted. converted them. We converted them into that's beer. Always so like they still the drink beer. It's yeah. the power yeah. of the czar. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, Looking around, the this it's a modestly sized brewery mm. here. It's awesome. Um, wall of gratitude and join the nobility. You're harvesting community in the space that you have. For sure. Uh, can you talk about what the what you're doing to harvest that sense of community? Sure, sure. Um, it is a modest space. There's no question about that, and that has a lot to do with my uh, why well, I used to run that business division unit. You know, I used to run the fresh business. I was very. Uh, I was very cognizant of what uh, what my monthly expenses were going to be because, you know, this is a pretty huge risk. You know, when someone just says, I'm going to leave behind this job that they're paying me <laughs> some ridiculous amount of money and just leave it behind and, and do something, God knows when I'll be able to get any money, right. you know, that type of stuff. Right. So um, it, I was looking for a, confined, a, a relatively small space in a walkable downtown um and all of those things kind of fell, and it's a long story as to how I ended up here, but originally I wasn't even looking in this town. This town sort of found us. We were off in a different area. We were in the Dover, Summersworth, Rochester area looking. Um, so, Is that home for you, that area? Uh, no, actually, I, I live in Fremont, which is only a couple of oh, towns yeah. from here, but I was more interested in the scene. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the, Summers, the Dover, Summersworth scene is kind of exploding now. You've yeah, got for terrific sure. stuff at, like, Chapel in Maine. Yep. Dave Arrington's doing there. You've got terrific stuff at Garrison, Garrison, Garrison. City. Yep. You've got Smut Labs right yep. there. You've got Empty Pint right there. Then you go into Summersworth, you've got, like, Stripe 9 and Bad, oh, um, Bad Labs. Yep. You know, and you've got a bunch of stuff. So I really wanted to be, um, you know, I wanted to be part of a community like that. And uh, I thought that was a great place. And um, But it just didn't work out. And then this space found me here. And um, one of the things that I learned when I was talking about my old role was that's a cooperative. That's the largest retail cooperative in the Northeast. They service nine different states. And uh, one of the things that really sort of came to me in that role was the whole thing of community and, and how important it is to keep your money local and how important yeah. it is to be involved locally, you know, because in the grocery business, a lot of people don't realize that uh, most of the grocery business is not like that. You know, there, there are very big grocers in the Northeast that people think of as Northeast companies that are actually Dutch owned and there are all kinds of things like that. And, um, so, I, so to me, uh, being a local business, locally owned, uh, part of the community is huge. And um, that was one of the things that we really wanted to do. And that's why when the, we first got here, one of the first things I did was reach out to the Independence Museum and start to talk to them and, uh, you know, join the Chamber of Commerce and, and do all the things that everybody does. But um, try to immerse ourselves in the fabric of downtown Exeter. And... Uh, that's worked well for us. It's actually, you know, it was done because I thought it was the right thing to do, but I think it's what saved us during the pandemic, to be very honest with you. I think that uh, it is definitely what saved us. We opened on December 20th of 2019. Oh, geez. Which was right. <laughs> if you could choose a time not to do Congrats. it, that's the time, right? <laughs> and it wasn't, it was, it was just one of those things where we had been at it for several months. We had been fighting the to get past the regulatory hurdles, yeah. you know, it took like, took us over seven months to get our federal permit and there was absolutely no reason for it. And uh, finally we got the two senators involved and magically the next day we had our permit. <laughs> 
And so anyway, we've then then you start with the New Hampshire process. New Hampshire works a little differently than other states. You can't brew until you actually have the New Hampshire license. Whereas other states, you can brew and then sell once you get the license. Mm-hmm. So uh, we couldn't brew until we got the New Hampshire license. When we finally got the New Hampshire license, we brewed. And I, I told the, the team that we weren't going to open until we had four beers that um, we were proud of. And um, it was like a few days before that that we had... Uh, the fourth beer was ready, and uh, we opened with uh, Dumbfounded, which was our original New England IPA, which we had a difficult time sourcing Calypso hops for a long time, so it's sort of gone off the board and been replaced by something else. But we had uh, Dumbfounded, um, Old Brown Sally, uh, Lighter Shader Pale, and Revolutionary Porter. Those were the four beers we had when we opened, and uh, we finally were open. We were ready. We had gotten all of the uh, approvals, and we just unlocked the front door. And it was like, you know, I, it's only it's silly because it's only a few days before Christmas, but um, you know, we I got to pay the rent again, so right. it's time, we'll try to sell it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so we did it, and uh, of course, um, sometimes my timing is impeccable, right? So I decided I was trying to figure out when would be a good time to do a grand opening, and I figured, well, it'll take us a while to work out the kinks, and January is the worst month of the year for anybody. Yeah, nobody wants restaurant to spend business, money, yeah. right? So I figured out, wait, you know, you know, what would be a perfect time would be St. Patrick's. Day. Oh, that would be perfect. We know another right. brewery right. that did that same yes. exactly. Yes. So it's like it's just. So anyway, we went through the whole motions. We we did a soft opening, and um, our plan was to open on St. Patrick's Day to do a ribbon cutting, and we did all this marketing stuff and have local um, representatives. Yeah, yeah, and all yeah. That. So we had the whole thing lined <laughs> yeah. up, and we like we brewed the smiling eyes red to go on that day, and um, you know all those things, and then the day before. Um, you know, all hell broke loose and the governor stood up and said, uh, all tap rooms are closed. So what had happened, though, in that interim between uh, December 20th and whatever that is, March 17th, is that we had started to, sorry, we had started to um, pick up regulars and they started coming from the neighborhoods and uh, they joined our nobility club, which is essentially a mug club, but they get a pint of beer every time because one of the things we do is instead of, um, we try to, instead of having different prices for all our different beers, we just serve them in different size containers, right? One price for all mm-hmm. beers. And as a mug club member, they uh, they get a pint every time, and they get free pours when they join. They get free pours on their birthday. I should say penny pours, right, because that's the rule. Yeah. Um, a penny pour and, and all of those things. And um, fortunately for us, there were a bunch of people in the town who walked in and joined. And then when we went to the to-go business on St. Patrick's Day, like everyone else did, we had a fairly loyal, it was small, but very rabid uh, following. And those people were coming in and buying beers. And that's what sustained us yeah. through, those, through those first couple of very difficult months. Yeah. Uh, you keep on mentioning a team. Who's on the team? Okay, so the team is... Henry, the czar, who's been called lots of things. <laughs> um, so I have Mike Bray, who I just sort of lucked out. Mike um, founded and operated Bray's Brewing in Naples, Maine for 25 years. Oh, wow. Um, decided to basically retire. Um, met uh, a wonderful woman. She lives in a next town over. He moved to the next town over. And when I opened, he uh, when I was in the process of opening, he said, hey, how about you? You're looking for someone to work a day or two a week. And he's a trained chemist, all those things. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, th- I think I That'd can be fit nice. you in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in addition to that, I have um, Evan Wolf, who uh, Evan is, was among the, was one of the first two students to graduate from the UNH Brewing Studies Program. Oh, great. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, aw- that's an awesome system. Yeah. That's so great. Terrific. Yeah. It is absolutely terrific. So uh, we have Evan. Then we also have uh, Jeff Barron, who works part-time, but he's a graduate of the UNH Brewing Studies program. He's an archaeologist. He likes to um, dig up bones, but he works part-time. <laughs> and then I also have um, I have a young lady named Tiffany, who's an emergency response responder. I mean, one of these heroes that you know flies in somewhere when something goes wrong. Yeah. So she works here part-time, and um, then I have Dominic, who works here part-time, and uh, then I have some people um, like... Uh, Brian Butlin, Matt Brule, and Mike Marshall, who were all working part-time, but um, in their household, in their homes, they have high-risk 
um, family members, right? So yeah. when this all started, they kind of withdrew because they, you know, this is of course you, you don't want You're to be public in, right? facing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for now, they're um, they're still. Um, you know, protecting their families. But so we have a team of, um, depending on if you count Henry and my wife, Christine, of about, you know, eight to 10 people. Yeah. And uh, we sort of do everything. Um, the team members are upstairs and downstairs. Um, on Sundays, our brew day. So on Sunday, Mike, Evan, and I are downstairs. Wow, you are um, the only brewer I know that brews on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, it's sort of a weird dynamic. Yeah. This is a, this is an old, old, old building yeah. with uh, some lots of space constraint issues and some uh, issues with the electricity that some comes in. Some quirks, if you will. Yeah, lots of quirks. <laughs> we, have an, we have an electrical brew house, so... Um, you drain a lot of power. We drain a lot of power, and it would be uh, challenging because we have, you know, our kitchen, uh, just, the, just the hood, when you turn the hood on, it's like a jet engine. It just sucks <laughs> power. So um, it's one of those challenges. And for whatever reason, um, one of the things that my wife and I did before we, uh, once we had, once I had settled on this space, was we started coming here. So we do, we're doing recon, right? We'd come here at odd times at night, odd days of the week to try to figure out the patterns yeah. in Exeter. And for whatever reason, Sunday um, is a weird time. There's really not a lot of people in this town. So um, it worked out that way. We do have a lot of people who want, you know, a lot of our regulars who want us to be open on Sunday. So we're, we, once the warm weather comes, we might alter sure that yeah. mm-hmm. um, the other thing is the building is full of businesses right so this is an odd building and the businesses a lot are, are very much right on top of each other and um, everybody loves the brewery and loves the smell of a brewery until you're actually brewing you know, <laughs> <Yeah. not> there. <laughs> there's some people absolutely love yeah. that smell but then there's some people who really don't like I know. it you know so um we're trying to we we're trying to be good neighbors and uh but eventually, I think we will. I mean, our friends like at Throwback and and at Liars and Great Rhythm, they all do great. They do they they have a great business on Sunday. So, um, you know, we're trying now that hopefully we're becoming more and more of a little bit of a destination. We're uh, we're probably going to change that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we go into what's next for Start Brewing, uh, just a word from our sponsors. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. We're back. We're back. So we didn't get into the wall of gratitude and kind of like the pay it forward idea. What What is that all about? Okay. So the wall of gratitude originally went up as um, a way for me to show my gratitude for a bunch of people who had helped get me open. You know, things like I talked to, I referred briefly, sort of referred to earlier, Peter Eagleson and, and uh Nicole Carey and Dane Nelson, people like that who were very giving of their time and patient with me and helpful. And then there were a bunch of other people sort of in the town and in the community and they went on the wall of gratitude. And then when we, uh, we opened and we founded our nobility club, which is sort of our club of regulars. And, um, we decided as one of the things that would, we would do is when someone joined the nobility, we would, you know, as, as an expression of our gratitude, we would put their noble title because they get to choose a noble title. Nice. Uh, they, <laughs> we would put their noble title up on the board. So though all of those names up there now are members of our club, which I'm very proud to say is now, now numbers over a hundred. That's, that's really cool. And, uh, so their names are up there with their titles if they so deem to have a title. Yeah. And uh, but originally it was our expressing our gratitude for the people that helped us get open, and then it sort of evolved into uh, gratitude for our 
regulars, our club members. And the Pay It Forward board is a really cool idea. It's actually um, what it what it is is that someone can buy a beer. It doesn't have to be a beer. Sometimes it's merchandise for someone else. And um, we put their name up on the Pay It Forward board. And then uh, there, our social media director, who also happens to be our head dishwasher and everything oh, yeah. else, <laughs> uh, will take snap a picture of it once in a while and put it up on our Facebook page and say, this is our Pay It Forward board as of 6.30. Yeah. Come know. collect. Yeah. Come, yeah, come, come, come in and get your beer. You know? <laughs> so it's pretty cool. It, it, the day that it, it started... Um, well, we originally had the concept before when we first opened, but it, what it really took off was on was on Valentine's Day. This yeah. gentleman comes in and he's sort of sitting at the bar back when we used to be, you know. You had people had, at we, the bar? We had actually had <laughs> bar stools and yeah. people sitting at the bar. And uh, he sits there, he has a couple of pints and um, he looks at... Uh, the bartender, and he says, you know what? I'd like to do one of those pay it forwards. I'll buy a pay it forward for the next woman in red. And we said, okay, here's your chalk. Go write it up there. So he went over and he wrote it up there. And then yeah. that started one of those, um, you kind know, chain effects. Random, yeah. Yeah, yeah, random act of kindness type thing. And that day alone, there were 12 different, um, I'm going to buy a beer for someone. And then that person would come in, redeem that beer and buy it for somebody else. It was really really cool. cool. And a lot of them were random and, and it's really, it's, it sort of ties back to our, our involvement in the community during the, um, the, the to-go phase, right, of the pandemic, we had a bunch of nobles who would come in and do some really cool things. Like we had one particular noble, I won't mention who, who it is, but he would come in and he actually brought me a sheet of paper, which is really cool. And it's, uh, it says pay it forward and it has like on, it has a list of our merchandise, a list of our beers, things like that. And then underneath it, it has like a section where someone can write in either a name or or an occupation. Yeah. And he would come in and do things like he would buy like a hat and he'd say the next person who comes in who's a first responder, uh, give them this hat. And so it was really cool stuff like wow. that. So what I would do is, you know, I've said, Try especially during that period where you know you get a customer and then you may not see anybody for a couple of hours, right? Right. Because you want to engage your customers anyway. So I, I was trying to figure out you know what they did or, um, you know, every it was always this weird these weird things. But usually, it but was that's like a personality occupation. thing. You know, when you're yeah. talking with them, you, yeah. you create that sense of you yeah. care about them. Right. Yeah. Right. It was pretty yeah. cool. And then uh, I'd say, okay, well, geez, just so happens, it, I'm I'm psyched that you're a teacher because it just so happens that. A customer earlier today bought a pay it forward for a teacher and you know, yeah. here's your hat there or here's you your t-shirt and uh, do you mind, I mean I totally understand if you don't want your picture on anybody's facial, uh, social page I, I get that but if you do if you don't mind um, can I take a picture and put it on, on, on the social page you know and it's um, it's one of those things where it, it immerses you in the community sure. and it, and it, uh, g- it gives people that that feeling that you know they can go here and, and walk out with a smile on their face and, and that's key whether it's coming here and hanging out or coming here and somebody giving you a t-shirt, you know, that's, that's one of our biggest things about our vibe is that, um, this is a place where people get to leave behind whatever, you know, crazy debate of the day is or whatever things are going on in their life and come here and hang out and and enjoy themselves. Right. And forget about it. And that's why we have that little sign over there that is, uh, a friendly reminder <laughs> there's no politics and there's no religion and um and that's not there's nothing to do with being anti-politics or anti-religion what we're trying to do is especially during you know the election cycle is to let people come and relax and decompress and leave yeah, all that get stuff away behind from yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and that's why we don't have a tv we have our yeah our forest i'm mean, not forest a fire going <laughs> we have a little fireplace yeah. <laughs> and we probably put an aquarium up once the Ooh, uh, weather I like that idea. yeah once okay. the weather warms up a little bit but that's just you know what we're trying to do is create like an old style european pub you know yeah. where people come and uh, they actually socialize and get to know each other and find the good stuff yeah. you know, about each other as opposed to, uh, trying to find differences, you know? So, yeah, so that's what, that's what the boards are all about. And, uh, they're about community and about, uh, our sense of gratitude for the people that have helped us. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I really do. Um, I'm, I have no more questions. I know that no, you guys that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I learned a lot and I feel just so good being here now. Yeah. Yeah. I was having a crappy day. Now I have a better day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's a good that's thing. That, that's, a, that's our goal. Sorry. If I, it, 
if I talk too much, I'm sorry. No. I, it's, when you're locked in here alone a lot, <laughs> people, especially during a pandemic, people would like, I think, not come sometimes to be like, don't go in there. He's going to talk you. to you. He's going to tell you like 45 <laughs> minutes worth of stories. Well, if you want a good story, we know a place. <laughs> or if you want like a really good hot dog and a really good beer. I was going to say really good hot dogs. Um, yeah. And the beer is great. I appreciate that. I really do. We strive to make our, our goal is, I mean, is, you know, everyone's trying to pat themselves on the back, <laughs> but our goal is to make world-class beer and oh, yeah. to do it across styles, you know, so we're, we're, we're pretty proud of them. I think you're doing um, it. You yeah, have a little I bit know. of everything for everyone, I think, which is Key. great. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah. We've had, we've done, uh, the Belgian was our 26th different beer Holy in cow. a little that's, over a year, that's awesome. which is crazy. <laughs> I, I, I was stunned. I was going, I, this has got to be wrong. What, what am I doing? So I went back through and looked at it, you know, a couple of times like, wow, we, we did do that. So it's, um, you know, it's definitely cool. There's definitely some stuff that I thought was really good, but you know, at the, at the time that we did it, or it might've been bad timing because of the pandemic, but they didn't sell quite as quickly as others, you know? So we're going to bring them back. Though. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are other things that have just, like the, the the Irish red has just become a monster. It's just it just which is so cool. It's yeah, an Irish it red. Sells. It's not super yeah. popular. So. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a style that uh, even at even you know when there were reds available in stores, it wasn't super popular. But um, we got it. You know, we got it right. And part of that is you know we rely on lots of things. You know, like the years of trial and error that I went right. through. Um, Mike's twenty five years of trial <laughs> and error. Right. Yeah. So. It's, um, and all that stuff. And the, the great thing that Evan and, you know, some of the UNH Bruin Studies people bring to the table is that they have this sort of uh, millennial view of things, right? Mm. And they're, uh, they want to do crazy stuff. You know? <laughs> they want to do gummy bear sours. And right, I'm, right. I'm a traditionalist, right? So I'm kind of like, you cringe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, <laughs> but, um, we, but it, it's good because it, it uh, pushes us, you know. So one of the things we have in the basement that's aging, which I'm pretty excited about, is um, we took Sally, which is our British brown, old brown Sally, named after um, one of my cats that lived 23 Yay. years. Oh, wow. She Jeez. was old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, we took it and um, we're turning it into uh, an oud. You'll have to forgive my, my Dutch, I believe. <laughs> oud Bruin Ale. So it's yes. uh, Flanders brown. Right, right. right. So we're turning it in. We took we took a batch and we're turning it into a Flanders brown. So Very cool. Uh, it's going to take um, probably a year, you know, but we're, we're going to, one of the guys came up with a great name and um, we're going to use it. So if you steal Stay it, I'm going to come and get you. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to call it Old Wrinkled Sally, which I thought oh. was terrific. <laughs> I thought that that's was great terrific. for an aged version. That's, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So, but so we're doing things like that, you know, things that are, are, are traditional, but they're also sort of the modern play, right? Sours are on everybody's minds these days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we can do something like that and, and twist it a little bit. We did a, we did sort of a lambic. We took some, we took some raspberries and um, we created a lambic like six months or so ago, and we put in we put that on tap, and that that was cool. So we're trying to we're we're I'm definitely a traditionalist, but um, you know we're trying to experiment in yeah. those confines, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're trying to open up to new yeah. things, you know, and um, do some stuff. We're doing some crazy stuff now. We've uh, some smoked chipotle that oh, we put on rims of glasses for people fun, and fun. you know stuff like that we're just we're trying to make it fun and and let people try things and we have uh we have some great mixes the guys are great at coming up with mixes like yeah, half pale half brown they're calling it braille and stuff oh, like that. yeah <laughs> yeah so it's great it's, it's a lot of fun it's um you know i would suggest to anyone if you want to get into this business you know go in with your eyes open but if it, if it works, it can be like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I want to know where our listeners can come um, and get your beer. Uh, what's your physical location and where are you located on the internet? Okay. So our physical location is 2 Center Street in Exeter. So we're about a three or four minute walk from an Antrax station. We're uh, just off the intersection with Water Street, right in the downtown. Um, on our beer, for our beer, you can buy it online at zarsbrewery.com. Um, as of yet, we haven't put any out in retail stores or restaurants, mm -hmm. although we are thinking about that, but, um, 
thankfully. It's a whole other process, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a whole other <laughs> process. And we hadn't worked through that process when this sort of pandemic struck. So um, we're, we're actually ready now, but it's uh, more of a, you know, we're going to wait for people to start coming back out again before we, before we do that. So, yeah. So it's at the physical location or at our website. We do a lot of curbside stuff. Yeah. You know, I've gotten really good at running outside and identifying (laughs) a black SUV and and putting beer in their trunk. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Great. Erica, your your last question. My last question. All right. Well, we always like to end our episodes with what are you most proud of? I think the thing that I'm most proud of is that it's um, that really it. If if you go from the de- December 20th date, then it's more than a year. But if you go from where our grand opening w- would have been, it's not quite a year. And uh, we haven't been here that long, but um, we're definitely part of the fabric of the downtown. We're part of the community, and there are a lot of people who, um, you know, consider this their second home already. And that's that's really what we wanted. We wanted a place where whether it's the faculty of Phillips Exeter Academy or just the people that worked in downtown or lived in the neighborhoods um, would feel like it was their second home, a place where they could go and hang out and uh, relax, decompress. And that's the thing I'm most proud of is that um, we've created the environment that I had in my head, which is sounds crazy, I know, but <laughs> it's, um, you know, when you look at every, you look at all the breweries, especially around here, if you, if you go to Throwback and sit down with a coal and a net, their vibe is, you know, is terrific. And it, and it is definitely um, what they intend. You know, it's what they intended. And uh, they've found a way to really put it together. And I think we've done that here. We have a much smaller space. But um, I think we the thing that I'm most proud of is that uh, it's a place where people come and hang and, and just relax and decompress and that uh, they enjoy our beer. That's that's the thing, you know. It's uh, it's one of those things where you're never really quite sure. Like I was saying before, we were talking about earlier. You're never really quite sure, especially when you're scaling up. You know, you mm, you, you yeah. it's, it's it's easy to mess up a batch at home and just you know Toss get, it, get rid of that and not, yeah. and not mention it to anyone yeah. in the world. You know, whole different story here. And uh, we overcame a bunch of obstacles. We we had we have space limitations downstairs. We have regulatory limit obstacles and all those things. And uh, I'm pretty proud of that too. We we made it. We made it, and we got open, and we survived the pandemic. And all those things combined are because of what I was talking about: the sense of community and and make Definitely. it in a place where people want to go. Yeah. You know. Well, great. Thank you for doing this today. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you. This is very cool. And again, yeah. I apologize <laughs> if I talk to no, you. No, 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 no. Not, not at all. Not at all. No, our We're listeners happy are definitely going to love this. Yeah. Well, until next time. Yeah. Cheers. 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 All right. Thank you, everyone out here on Podcast Land. If you've made it this far, you know it's our favorite portion of the episode, the outro. Soundgar Ryan, are you going to finally release your information this week? Nope. Nope, you're going to have to tune in next week. But uh, thank you, Henry, from SARS Brewery for taking the time out of your day to do this. Uh, I know I'm probably still full from that hot dog. Ryan, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty stuffed. Yeah, Erica? Yeah. 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 Um, but make sure you make your way out to Exeter, New Hampshire. The beer scene is phenomenal. The food scene is phenomenal. And it's just a cool town. Uh, the weather's getting better. And walk around and, and take in the beautiful brick you know, sidewalks and brick buildings around there. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, Sangai Ryan and Erica, who do we have and where are they from next week? Next week, we have Prairie Hills. All the way in Oklahoma. What? what? You know what? So we fun. listened to our listeners and people said Prairie Hills. They wanted them. They we wanted, wanted so Prairie you know Artisan Ales like we no got other them. outside of New England brewery. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And... I'm just going to tell you, we recorded this before then, and we drank a lot, thanks to Sound Guy Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it was a lot of fun interviewing Wade. And uh, I think you are all are going to enjoy this episode next week. For sure. So until next week, cheers. cheers.